The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now, it's Friday, so you know what that means. It's John Daigle time from 4 for 4 in Spurts. John, thank you so much for joining us. First off, a general question for you. As we have several games that may be impacted by the weather, do you have a general approach when it comes to props for weather games? Or do you feel like that maybe the market overreacts to certain aspects because of the weather? Markets usually overreact, in my experience, to team totals more than anything. And so that's what I look at a couple spots even this week. But at the same time, I am trying to identify the weather before laying too much. It's something I'm more than willing to take down to the wire because usually, even if the weather clears up, I think we saw a little bit of this last week with the supposed hurricane coming in and winds trying to everything. Uh, usually the lines won't budge even on Sunday morning. It's hard to pinpoint the weather. So I don't mind waiting until the very last second for those type of leans. Uh, John, let's hit on some backfields dealing with injuries. Uh, very successful backfields early on this season and wondering, are they plug-and-play situations? Uh, the Dolphins, a big loss with HN, and then with Arizona, similar with uh, James Conner. And there's been some debate about which running back is going to get the majority of the workload there. Uh, how, do you, how are you handling those backfields this weekend with Miami and Arizona? If Jeff Wilson is not cleared, and maybe even if he is, since it'll be his first game back, I would imagine it's all still Raheem Mostert. We've already seen at least one game of evidence whenever it was not Mo- whenever it was just Mostert and Savan Ahmed in week one. Chris Brooks was inactive, and Ahmed only got three touches in that game. He recorded six behind Mostert the following week, but got injured mid-game. But really what we've seen is that unless you are Mostert or Jeff Wilson, you just don't matter in this backfield. Maybe one of them pops up in negative game script since we think the Dolphins are just going to blow the roof off of the Panthers. But overall, all most are there. And for the Cardinals, it's interesting because Keontae Ingram is coming back and Keontae Ingram was used on early downs behind James Conner whenever three, including Amari Mercado, were all active in the first three weeks for Arizona. But what we saw was that Mercado was still the team's pass catching back. 
14 routes to Ingram seven. Not only that, but out snapped Ingram on third down 17 to zero in those three games. So if we're projecting negative game script for the Cardinals, which I assume we all are, given their soft defense that just made Joe Burrow look like he's 100% healthy, and maybe he is, but the defense certainly helped matters, and that they are seven-point road dogs. I imagine that number also gets to seven and a half if it's not already right now. Um, then we think they're going to be passing a lot, and that's all Mercado. And that's not even factoring in the fact that uh, Keonta Ingram has been bad, like 12 carries for 15 yards this year. Maybe they just give the ball to Mercado anyhow. So I actually I love Imari in that game and uh, some receiving total overs. I want to open things up. What's one of your favorite props on the board for Sunday? We can start early. Not with Nico Collins either, Aaron. We're, we're not going back to that say, this week. Please don't say <laughs> Nico. No. No. no, this oh, is Lord. he's an every other week guy. You got it now. Go, You're right. But also, like the one thing the Saints are doing well is like stopping explosive passes. They're only they're allowing the third lowest explosive passing rate and i looked at it because they do play a high rate of man coverage and of course that's when we pinpoint nico i can't do it again though uh i'm not going back i'm gonna save us some money i'm gonna start with All london right. instead and we're gonna go to zay flowers okay. to begin with because yes! right now zay, zay flowers does have if you want to sprinkle in an anytime touchdown bet as well and i know those are sucker bets but i think there are some leans that look good and zay flower has the league's second most receiving yards that a touchdown let's start there but not only that, over the last three games, 28% target share. We're yet again removing Odell Beckham, and it looks like at this point Rashad Bateman from this offense, and the Titans are also allowing uh, 92 receiving yards per game to opposing wide receiver ones. So given that high target share and the fact that they're no longer using Zay Flowers exclusively on little Mickey Mouse routes, like he actually had a 12.5-yard depth of target <laughs> last year, and his depth of target has increased in three consecutive games as well. So now we're talking volume and downfield shots. So I think we're getting in the end zone, and I think he's going over 56 and a half receiving yards. Aaron and I went off a nice tangent about how much we love the over Zay Flowers prop. So, yes, oh, Mickey okay. Mouse references might be goofy, but definitely we are on board. So good stuff there. <sighs> want to talk about the 49ers and the Browns here because – one prop that I really do like is Jerome Ford under 35 and a half rushing yards, not just because I think the 49ers may be able to stuff it, but also there's a predictability element to a game like this when you're not, you know, what do we expect from PJ Walker in this passing attack for the Browns? Is this a weather contest? What are the 49ers going to force as far as game script is concerned? Feels to me like the Browns could be in, you know, perpetual shutout mode uh, as far as what this offense cannot do. What do you see in this game that stands out? I think P.J. is an upgrade over Dorian Thompson Robinson. Not that anyone on the Browns is going to get there anyways, but that does make the environment, uh, in my opinion, a little more friendlier if the weather holds. This is one that I'm taking down to the wire because I like 49ers bets as well if we can get some at least reasonable weather here. To your point, yes, not a single running back has gone for over 52 yards rushing against the 49ers to date. So we are absolutely betting all these on Jerome Ford rushing yards. But on the other side of the ball, I still question the Browns' defense. I think they're good, but they look like the league's best defense against injured Joe Burrow in week one, who only threw for 82 passing yards, Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tannehill. And then the only competent quarterback they faced, Lamar Jackson, pasted them for 9.7 yards per attempt. 
and uh, and 28 fantasy points if we're counting that as well. But more importantly, it's just the fact that now we have Brock Purdy and this offense humming along. We have a receiving total we can look at as well since the Browns are playing the eighth highest rate of man coverage. Brandon Ayuk is 11th in yards per route run against man coverage this year. And so I'm actually looking to... Br- 49ers team total over 23 and a half and Brandon Ayuk over receiving yards if the weather holds because I think these are two really good spots that the market hasn't caught on to yet. What is your favorite side for week six? It's all Jaguars and Rams in my opinion. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, against Gus Bradley the last in his last three games, 80% completion rate. Six touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the target tree is whittled down as well now with Zay Jones most likely not playing this game. And even against Gus Bradley's zone coverage, second in the league in zone coverage this year for the Colts, Christian Kirk. Calvin Ridley has a ceiling game in him most likely, but Christian Kirk is still pasting everyone. The sixth most receptions against zone coverage. He's seeing 62% of his targets against zone coverage too. So either way, I think everyone can have success against the Colts defense in this spot. Seems like a really good bounce back game for the Jaguars since we really haven't gotten a ceiling out of them overall. And then for the Rams, it's just everything we talked about. Uh, Matthew Stafford, eighth in yards per attempt from a clean pocket. And that's what the Cardinals are giving everyone. Even Joe Burrow last week, 33 of 41 for 309 yards from a clean pocket. And the Cardinals are creating the league's lowest pressure rate right now. They're only blitzing at the league's 10th lowest rate. And if we just think Stafford's going to stand back there and the best part of the year for the Rams, since this is the first time they have back-to-back home games all season long, since they had the mm-hmm. one of the league's worst schedules to open the year through their first four games on the road. It just seems like a situation where Stafford picks them apart and the Rams just kind of walk over uh, the Cardinals, which is also why leads me back to DeMarcado receiving overs in a passing game script. Seahawks at Bengals. This one is interesting. Are the Bengals back? Is Joe Burrow fully healthy? I think if they beat the Seahawks, you know, then we can talk. But where are you at on this one and how do you rate the Bengals right now? I just mentioned Joe Burrow's stats from a clean pocket, but when he was under pressure, and it was only five dropbacks, very limited we saw against the Cardinals, he was still kind of the same guy. 1.6 yards per attempt. Did throw two touchdowns because he dumped it off to Jamar Chase really quickly. But I still question the ceiling of the Bengals offense. And even if T. Higgins is out there and it sounds like he's good to go, I wonder how impactful he'll be. I don't know what it's going to be like playing with his broken rib pretty much for the rest of the season unless it can heal in between games. Um, Also, Seahawks getting a little bit of recency bias, yes, for their pressure rate since the last time we saw them, 11 sacks against the Giants, but I attribute that more to New York and that offensive line more than the Seahawks defense. At the same time, they are getting everyone back. Devin Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen, and Jamal Adams, all enough time over the bye week to get healthy in this one. So maybe the Seahawks' pressure rate is created via better coverage on the outside. So I think I actually question the Bengals' ceiling of their offense in this spot. And that kind of leads me back to a maybe a slow, grueling game with Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. I don't know if Charbonnet will receive a bump, Uh, after the bye, maybe to get the rookie more. The past couple of games, he's received more touches too. But either way, we know that's how they can have success against this Bengals defense that has been 
so bad, actually, to start the year. The Bengals are stuffing running backs at the league's lowest rate at the line of scrimmage, and they're allowing the most yards per carry and highest rate of 10-yard runs. It seems like a as a boomer bust player for Ken Walker, it seems like it could be a boom game for him. So I lean the Seahawks, and I'm more worried about the total, I think, than anything. This is also a game we're concerned about weather in. He's John Daigle here on BetQL Daily. Make sure to follow him on X at NotJDaigle. We got to talk about Monday Night Football between the Cowboys and the Chargers. What do you think the problems are when it comes to this Dallas offense? And do you think they will continue even though they are facing a Chargers defense that's given up a lot of yards and a lot of points for the year? It's one of the least creative offenses in the league, Dallas is. And I think it's because they're scared of their quarterback for all the wrong reasons. All they did was see interceptions and say, we're going to try and limit those interceptions was the worst thing you can do. And now Deck Prescott has just been turned into a game manager. He has the sixth lowest depth of target in the entire league. He's getting rid of the ball at the 13th quickest time from snap to throw. They are basically just making sure the ball is out of his hands. And I'm worried the 49ers painted the blueprint on how you stop stop this offense altogether. Uh, Last week, all they did on Sunday night was double team CeeDee Lamb on the outside and bring the safeties up to the line of scrimmage and say, I bet you can't beat us deep. I bet Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup can't do anything. And guess what? They were, they were totally right. Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup cannot beat you when they're forced to. So I'm, I'm very worried about the Dallas's offense moving forward. You would think it's a good spot against the Chargers defense, since everyone has had success through the air against the Chargers. But even the way they're scheming Tony Pollard right now, he has the second most touches per game among all running backs, but he's 53rd in yards after contact per attempt because everything's coming from under center. They're not doing anything creative like you see every single week with the Rams, 49ers, Dolphins, where you try to get ahead of steam in motion or you play from shotgun to get a full full battering ram speed going at the line of scrimmage, and then you can force tackles after that. Nothing creative is happening in Dallas whatsoever. So given the Chargers' bye week, it will be more of a home game for Dallas, given training camps happening in Oxnard. California is a big cowboy state. But I, unless you could talk me out of it, Ed, like I can't imagine betting the Cowboys in this game. Like It seems like the Chargers are one of the safest spots of the week. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
SportsCenter anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's going to be a fun one. A lot of narratives <laughs> flying around in that re- that yeah. game, including the revenge of one Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of PJ Walker this week, and I, you know, any backup, Minshew out there too, but he's been really strong to start the season. After five weeks, is Bryce Young the worst quarterback in the NFL? It's close. And I don't want to attribute it only to him. I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of things wrong. I think the talent they brought in around him was wrong. I think the play calling is wrong. Uh, It seems like there's already only five weeks into the year butting heads between Frank Reich and David Tepper as well. So it just seems like everything is wrong in Carolina. And we've seen like, it hasn't happened to Justin Fields just yet. We're still on the lookout. It could have happened to Trevor Lawrence, but we've seen that coaching can set you back a couple years if you already have it wrong from out the gates. So that's what I worry about Bryce Young's development the most. At least Anthony Richardson was plopped into a good spot where the coaches said, this is this guy's skill set. We're going to build the offense around that, as opposed to like trying to make Bryce Young what he isn't, which is what the Car- what Carolina is doing. So, so far... I mean, yeah, it's it's not pretty. We still think Adam Thielen can get there every week, but it's not pretty. Yeah. All right, if we're not back on Nico, is this the week <laughs> CJ Stroud throws there his first go. interception at plus money? Plus there 124. It's a tough spot and no tank Dale. We already mentioned how the Saints limit explosive passes. And it's really frustrating because Bobby Slowick does deserve a lot of credit. But what they're doing, they're still running the ball in early downs at a top five rate in the league. And like they are forcing CJ Stroud into a third down yards to go, like distance to third down on over seven yards. So what was happening in the first three games was that he was so good that he was like counterbalancing and hiding the fact that they were always putting him in long thirds downs. But now we've seen the past couple of weeks that it's it's coming back the pendulum is swinging back in the favor of that not being a favorable situation to be in. And so that's what I worry about. We just need some more explosive passes on early downs as opposed to always running Damian Pierce into the ass of his center. But that's what's happening right now for this offense. So uh, I worry about the Texans offense. I really don't have a lean on it. If you're asking what we're doing instead of Nico Collins, I think my pick this 
My pick for a prop this week on an over is Drake London. Uh, let's go to someone else mm-hmm. who will let us down yeah. because th- this game script yeah. seems kind of favorable. The market doesn't like it at 42, 42 and a half points, but I still kind of like the over because we're getting an indoor environment, first of all, but the commanders are also allowing the third highest rate of passing touchdowns through the air. And so far mm-hmm. against Super 1s, I attribute it to Emmanuel Forbes being 166 pounds and they're forcing him into shadow coverage and every receiver is just burning him. Marvin Mims, yes. 113 and 1. Stephon Diggs had eight catches for 111 yards. A.J. Brown, 175 and 2. And then, of course, D.J. Yep. Moore on Thursday night, 230 and 3. It's Drake London's mm-hmm. turn. And Drake London has been over 20% of the team's targets in three of his last four games. He's getting more consistent yep. volume than Kyle Pitts. So I like Drake London quite a bit th- this week. Uh, too bad yeah, John Smith Tyler is their number one. He <laughs> ran one more Smith route than Kyle Pitts. Unbelievable. Yeah, done with Kyle Pitts altogether. So London probably is the play now. John Daigle and 4 for 4 in Bedspurts. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, did Joe Burrow show us enough in week five to back him against the Seahawks? We'll talk about it right here on the BetQL Network.